Hello, listeners. This is your host, Chris King, giving you the heads up about a contest to win two tickets to Theatre Under the Stars this summer, showing Disney's Newsies and Mamma Mia, running alternating nights through July and August. You want to listen all the way through this episode with Julie Tomeno to get the answer to the question posted on the website from thepitpodcast.com. Good luck and enjoy the episode. Julie Tomeno has achieved so much already in her life. Danced as a rockette in New York, choreographed some of the finest productions in Canada, taught at some of the U.S. and Canada's best theatre schools, and has recently started to direct more fabulous theatre, and also achieved an almost impossible task of rebuilding her life after a stroke that left her hospitalized for three weeks and in recovery for almost a year. And after all these achievements, the reason she is successful is all to do with her personality, vision, and drive. People just want to work with her, and her story-driven vision for choreography and direction keeps her in demand everywhere. I'm pleased to have worked with Julie five times, and I'm proud to call her a friend. So, Julie, welcome to From the Pit. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, hi. Hi. Yeah. And enjoy the airplanes as they go over. So yes. Just to let everyone know again, uh, like we did last year, uh, we're recording this live in Stanley Park at Malkin Bowl, and there'll be some photos later of that, because Julie and I are both working on Newsies uh, here at Theatre Under the Stars this year. Yes, we are. Yes. Anyway, thanks for doing this. Yeah, I love it. Um, I wanted to start with the obvious one first, about what it was like being a rockette in New York. Okay, it was like, um, I got it at... I got the Rockettes job at sort of, like I had said, I thought to myself right before that I was on tour with Crazy For You and I was standing in the wings and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Even though I love the show and I love performing, I just something in on the inside said, you don't want to do this anymore. So I was, up, I was teaching at AMDA full time in New York um, right after I got off the tour and uh, then the Rockettes audition came up and I was like, and one one person on tour, uh, on the Crazy For You tour, was an ex rockette So she taught a couple of us, like all the all the audition choreo and like how to stand in a bevel. And we would practice in gyms all over the United States, like um, a lot. And uh, so because of that, and because like this was my one last shot at doing something big in performing. Um, I decided to go to the audition. I actually had a sub teach my classes because I had to take a day off of work. And um, I went to the audition, and, like, I was ready. I was just so ready for that audition. Um, so I nailed it that time, and I got the job, like, three days later. I found out I got the job three days later. And, like, I did that for six years. So, like, I had this plan. I've, I'm not, I'm not going to dance or perform anymore. I'm going to, like teach and maybe choreograph someday um and then that all was suddenly i like reignite my perform my passion for performing was reignited and i was like this is exactly what i wanted to do so i can say like it was a dream come true but like like a way later in like i i never even i i had given up hope on that job you know 
Right. So it was a real dream come true, and I was ready for it. And so um, there, it is hard because they expect you to be perfect, and they 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 sort of passive aggressively like demand that in their direction and in their in their expectation in their in their in the, in any of their inspirational speeches. They 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 say like practice until you're perfect or like I don't remember what the saying was but um yeah so yeah so it was it was a dream come true but it was a hard it was a hard room to be in because there was 80 women rehearsing and um rehearsing together all that all looked the same that were all were all the same height the same talent level skill level um so it was difficult to difficult to navigate that situation Hmm. but yeah, once you got on the stage and you're like standing in front of six thousand people dancing, like I cried the first the first year. I cried the sixth year. I cried every year at one point. Yeah, and I knew. Oh, there's oh, church there's bells. Uh, the sound effects are being tested right yeah, now for Newsies, so Perfect. just bear with that. Um, but I cried every year because I just appreciated it so much. So. When you went to New York, was it it was Broadway Dreams or it was the tour that was? Oh uh, no! It, I think I think I moved to New York at nineteen. I I was like going to theater school. I went to theater school, and um, I just I just wanted to be a Broadway star. Star, mm-hmm. but I didn't I don't I didn't realize I didn't have the voice yet. So I have a strong enough voice to be an ensemble, hold harmonies, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but I don't have that Broadway sound as a lead. So I realized that very quickly in theater school because there were people that had that sound, and I I was not one of them. So, um, so yeah, I realized that. And then, like, I don't even think I had a specific goal back then. I just wanted to live and work in New York for as long as I could. And, uh, but it was a dance first in your life. Is that yeah? Where it I grew up as a dancer. So Rockettes was. Uh, was I knew about the Rockettes as of five. So, like, I always knew about them. There was one studio owner in Vancouver that had been a Rockette. So my, my mom was like, like, she always, she was like, That's, this woman was a Rockette. And, like, there was so much weight and, like, value on that, you know. But I don't think my goal specifically was ever to be a Rockette specifically. Mm. But um, I, I realized after I got the job that it was a perfect job for me. And that... Because somebody on the Crazy For You tour... Uh, yeah. That's so wild. Yeah, what yeah. Was, what was the moment in the wing? Do you remember when you were like, that was it? I was I standing on on stage right, about to enter Slap That Bass. And I had just been on the road for like four months at that time. I was on the road for six months. And I missed my boyfriend at the time. And I like I missed my home in New York. And I missed everything. And I was just like, I don't think this is it, actually. Like, I don't think this is it. Like being an ensemble member in like a ensemble heavy show wasn't enough for me anymore. Well, it's a good realization, I guess at the yeah. time it worked out yeah. in your favor. Yeah. Um, when you went from dance, I know your mom uh, runs still. Does she still? Yeah. Run she still dance runs school? it like 41 years now. Wow. Still running. Yeah. Uh, dance school. Um, and it's called uh, dance, dance express. express. That's yep. right. Uh, Obviously, that was an amazing start for you. Did you? Yeah. Did, were you at that studio when you were? I younger? grew up there, so I went from one and a half when I put on tap shoes for the first time, just after I learned to walk, until thirteen, and then I stayed at the studio, that studio, until I graduated. But I also at thirteen, my ballet teacher at Dance Express 
said to my mom, like, this studio is not enough training if she wants to actually do something with dance. Right. Um, not enough ballet training. So I went to a ballet school half-day program. So from grade 9 through grade 11, I went off to, a, it, was, it was called West Coast Ballet Institute. It's not around anymore. Mm. Um, for a half-day program. So I went to school in the mornings. Then I left at noon. I went to the ballet school from 2 to 4-ish and on Saturdays. And then I went to my mom's studio after that. I know it's a dream for some girls to be Rockettes, yeah. but I, it seemed like you went from the theater side to the Rockettes rather than Rockettes to the theater yeah. side. Like yeah. what, was it theater early on? Did I you... feel like, no, uh, the first, my first uh, foray into community theater was at 16, Pat Waldron was teaching at my mom's dance studio, like voice lessons or voice, voice, voice coaching or like group, group musical theater sort of classes. And uh, I was also taking private coaching from Pat at the time. Um, because I don't know why. I think just my mom wanted to give me every opportunity like to learn and grow as an artist. Um, so Pat was the one that said, there's an audition next week. Val Easton is choreographing Anna Green, Bagel- Anna Green Gables at Royal City Musical Theatre. You should audition. Hmm. And I'd, I went and I, I got it as an ensemble member. And that experience was the first time I... I'd even done a musical before. I had never, like, high, my high school, because I was a half-day program, I wasn't really involved in high school stuff. And I was dancing so heavily. Um, so, so uh, yeah. So, like, that experience, Anne of Green Gables, like, changed my whole traje- trajectory. And, like, yeah. It was, like, I remember, like, the last show, Closing Night... I was sobbing, like, because I, I couldn't believe that what we had built was suddenly going to be over. And the, all these people that I had met and that, like, were really felt like family in, like, maybe four months of time, that was all going to be over. And then I realized I could audition for more shows. So that it wasn't all over forever. Just that show was over forever, you know? Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of people that have that yeah. experience. Yeah. It's the reason you get... Bit, the bug, yeah, the, the bug, bug yeah. So, you're based in Toronto now. Yeah, that's right. But you were from here, uh, from Vancouver originally. Yeah, born and raised. Born and raised. And um, why are you in Toronto now? What, what was the um, decision for that? The like, I spent 13 years living in New York. So I was there from 19. When I turned 19, I went there for theater school and stayed until I was 32. Mm-hmm. And once I sort of decided like I decided before my last season of Rockettes that I wanted that I wanted this to be my last season because I was at that time I actually um I was like I just need to leave New York now I never thought I would leave New York until the moment that I was like I need to leave New York right now Hmm. so it was about six months before I actually left and I started making plans to move out west and I thought I was going to go to San Francisco but Somebody smart said to me, why do you want to move to San Francisco? You know nobody there. There's not a theater scene. There's nothing for you there. I just knew I wanted to move west. So um, my my sister-in-law actually said, why don't you move back to Vancouver? You know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me move back to, back to Vancouver. So I did. I moved back to Vancouver. And then uh, I started dating my husband, my now husband, like three or four months later. And... 
I had, I was sort of, I was in Vancouver and sort of dabbling in Toronto a little bit because I was, I was wanting an agent. I was wanting to transition onto the, to the other side of, uh, of the creative, uh, want to transition onto the other side of the table. So Mm -hmm. be a part of the creative team. Um, so I was, I was sort of talking with Bruce Dean, who's my now agent, um, and the talent house agency about like being represented and they were responding with like why don't you come out here like just come out to like see what's see what's there and things like that and uh check out the scenes things like that so um i did i went out there um and i was still in vancouver at the time i was i was living in vancouver and i was actually living with neil my my husband and i went out to Toronto and I went to Stratford to meet with uh, the uh, casting director there and to talk about like potentially maybe assistant choreographing or assistant directing there in the future I don't know the timeline but in the future Um, and she said I can't really do anything with you until you move to Toronto and I was like okay I need to move to Toronto. And then that very day, I was picking up my husband because he was flying out to Toronto as well um, because his parents are from Toronto and still live in Toronto. He was flying out, and we were I was picking him up at the airport because we were going to go celebrate his dad's 80th birthday. And the first thing he said to me was, do you want to move to Toronto? And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I do. And it was because he got a position off. He got offered a position in Toronto. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, yeah. I want to move to Toronto. You have a job in Toronto. Like, this is absolutely perfect. So that was the reason we moved. It seems to be already with the few experiences you've had in your life, you have a lot of serendipity. That yeah, sort of I do. I, I, I trust my gut a lot. And I, over time, I've learned to trust it a lot. Hmm. Mo- like, 100% of the time. I used to trust it. I used to feel things and then not not do what the, my gut said and I, w- I learned like through disasters like you need to trust your gut so over time I've, I trust it 100% that's fascinating yeah I think people like to know that yeah yeah people do second guess themselves yeah. all the time yeah um, can we talk a little bit about your your philosophy is probably the worst word for it but idea behind theater directing but if you want to talk about choreography or both is yeah. there something that you you stick by when you start a project when you're looking at something uh when i my process for choreography is always the same like i talk to the director first to get their overall vision um i then work with maybe my dance captain if I have an assistant I work with an assistant or I work with if the dance captain and assistant are in a different city than I am like I work with like really like I have my small group of core people that I use a lot for like like let me let me try out this choreography on you sort of thing um so I get together with them and I and I always go back to what's what's the piece trying to say you know what's the story trying to be told and how can we tell it the most clearly and the most simply like I don't want to muddy something if it doesn't need to be muddied and like I do like I throw out a lot of choreo and sometimes I think ah this is too busy for its own good and it doesn't say anything except like I'm like the choreography is spectacular but it doesn't actually say anything Mm -hmm. so then I pare it back and cut things and like I'm like I'm all about like throwing like paint splatter all of the all over the canvas and then detailing it finally detailing it that's my process with choreography yeah. with directing 
I need to be, I need to feel something for the piece. Either I'm scared of it and it's a good thing, um, or I'm really excited about, like, like Newsies, I'm like, I've been so passionate about this show since the 92 movie. I've been waiting for it to be, become a musical. Um, I just have to feel something and I feel, I, I have to feel like the message is, the message is something I want to tell. Right. Yeah. And when you get into the process uh, or the rehearsal process, well, there's a lot of pre-production. You, you do quite a bit. Pre-production yeah. for choreo is like getting in a room with a couple people and working out things, and like me saying, "Okay, let me let me look at this on yours on you guys," and like, does that feel good? Like working out the choreography, and like we all, I always. I always know that half of the choreography is going to be thrown in the garbage, but I need that, that time. Right. And I just take the time. Like, I don't, like, I don't get paid for pre-production. I just take the time anyways. So, like, I rent studios if I need studio space, or I use my home gym um, in my condo or, or whatever. Like, I, my mom's studio is great. Like, when I work in Vancouver, it's great because there's free, free studio, studio space all the time. Um, so I do a lot of pre-production and I, I leave holes. I leave, okay, this, this five counts of eight is like, I know it's something, but I just need to be in the room with the the cast in order to figure out what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, but directing is all about like research and reading and like reading about the time, what was happening during the time, what the original intentions of the writers are. This is a question, um, uh, Jen told me to ask you this very... Jen Serratos? Yeah. Hi, Jen. Uh, she said, how do you decide to say no to a project? Uh, oh, that's a hard one. I was actually listen to, listening to a podcast lately, uh, recently, that um, Sarah Farb, who I don't know, mm -hmm. but she had a really good piece of advice. She said, like, something like, like, at the beginning of your career, you have to say yes to everything because the potential of opportunity and the potential to meet people and the potential to learn something new and there's so much potential that you have to say yes to everything and then you have to know for yourself when you've earned the right to say no to something and I think it's that like I used to say yes to everything uh like I used to say yes to so many things that I would I would be so busy that I couldn't even keep up with myself and through the stroke for sure um I, I just had to reprioritize because I don't have like endless amounts of energy and um, I don't like yeah through the stroke I really learned how to say no I was getting there before the stroke but the stroke really like punched me in the face and was like you need to set priorities and boundaries and like learn when a project is worth saying no and like worth saying yes or worth saying no and it's it's not anything specific to answer the question mm -hmm. it's not anything specific it's just if 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 it's if i feel passion for a project it doesn't like money never comes into play um if somebody offered me a million dollars to do something that i really didn't i didn't feel something for maybe i would do it but like i don't i don't base my decisions around money at all um it's more about like me and me and my husband actually talk through every decision that I have to make now. Um, it's more about like what's the theater? Have I, wor have I worked there before? Have I worked with the director before? Am I interested in working working with the director? Is it a new director? Is it a new play? Is it a new musical? Is the project interesting? Does it say something to me, or does it does it do I just do I get an ugly feeling when I when I read it? 
like there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's not one thing. Uh, ultimately, does it, is it still a gut decision? Yeah. To you? Yeah. 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 It's a gut, but also like there's like there's logical factors. Is it does it take me away for two and a half months? Like Newsies took me away from my husband for two and a half months, but it was way worth saying yes to this project. You know. Right. What do you think is your greatest strength? I think it's storytelling, and um, I think I, I I I think I have an ability to make everybody feel good about what they're doing, and I feel like every like I have a, an ability to bring everybody together and be on the same team. Um, I think, yeah, right. yeah. Well, I can attest to that. Yeah. That's good. Um, the 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 calmness of which you approach the room is refreshing. Yeah. Because um, choreography at times, I mean, can get yeah. very lots going on. But do you find that you've changed since the stroke? Yeah. yeah um, uh, I think, like, I do, I care a lot about things and I fight for the things that I really want and I know how to let go when I'm just like, that's not a fight worth having. Um, but I, I tend to be able to better manage like when when somebody says no we can absolutely not do that mm. I'm like I get mad first and I, I not for to anybody else but I get mad for myself at at whatever pr- problem there is but like, I tend to have an easier time being like this is not life or death it's theater mm. let it go you know mm. but I still care a lot <laughs> that's good yeah um, so you and I were doing, uh, um, 42nd street at yep. studio yep. and then I knew that you were going to New York and I was also going to New York yep. and yeah, uh, we met up there. We met in New York. That's right. That, that time, I think it was 2017. I yeah. Think, right? Yeah. Yeah. March, saw, March, 2017, March. That's right. And, and it went, and then there was that snowstorm and, yes. uh, you bailed out to go to Toronto. Yeah. You're like, I, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I just wanted to, I, I had rehearsal two days later and I was yeah. like, I can't get stuck until Thursday. Like I need to leave. Yeah. But I remember it was that time period where I thought, I even thought that you, you were doing a lot. Yeah. There was a lot going on. Yeah. I was like, wow, I was. she is everywhere. Yeah. I was, uh, from 42nd street. I flew to Finger Lakes, the upper, uh, Northern, what's it called? North, Northern New York. No, upstate New York. Yeah. Finger Lakes to the Finger Lakes Musical Theater Festival for auditions for Guys and Dolls, which I was directing. And then I flew to New York because I had callbacks for Guys and Dolls in, in at the Finger Lakes. Um, and then I was going back to choreograph How to Succeed. And then I had like like seven projects over the summer after that, you know? But I remember it was just a week later what we got a call. I remember yeah. saying that you had... Uh, we, nobody really knew what was going on at yeah. the time. We sort of had heard pieces that you had a, a stroke or we weren't sure. And uh, news got out here really fast. But that was not long after we had just seen you. Yeah. It was probably a month later because I st- yeah. yeah, like a month later. Yeah. Right, right. That happened. And then it was a little bit scary. Can you tell me what, what happened? Uh, yeah. Uh, the day before it happened, I was rehearsing at How to Succeed at Sheridan College. And... Um, I had been having like intense migraines for like up to two weeks before, like intense, like debilitating, like double vision. I would go blind for a second. My peripheral vision would, I would lose my peripheral, peripheral, peripheral vision for a couple minutes at a time. And, uh, my headache was 
like the headaches were insane. And I actually, Sheila McCarthy was directing How to Succeed. I and she and I reminisced about that. So remember when I gave up coffee because like I I was trying to do anything that like to relieve my headaches. And she was like, yeah, like I remember like you would say I, I'm giving up coffee because I have such bad headache, headaches. Um, and and then and I went to the doctor a week before because I was having blurred vision at the time. And they just they did all the stroke tests and they 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 were like, you don't have a stroke like you're not having a stroke. And I actually said I I texted Barb and I was like, I'm going to the doctor because I I'm just afraid I'm having a stroke. And she was like. I, I don't know what the comment was, um, but uh, but yeah, um, she the doctor uh, sent me home and was just like, "You have migraine. You you have bad migraines. Here's medication." Blah blah blah. And then a week after that, um, yeah, I it was my eyesight changed dramatically in one second. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone with one of my best friends from New York and. Um, and it, I just knew it was weird, like, and it was so dramatic that I was like, I need to go. And I said to Robin, I just, I can't see. I need to, I just, I just need to go to call my husband. And I was alone at the time and in my condo on a Saturday. And uh, a, a second later, I was still on the phone with her and I dropped a glass and it broke all over the floor. And I dropped my computer as well. Mm. Like I was carrying my glass of water and my computer back from the office into probably the bedroom and uh so the both those both drop and later robin says you said at the time i just lost control of my body like i don't know what's happening and i don't remember saying that but whatever um and then i hung up with her and called my husband right away i was like something's happening i don't know what it is but i'm going to the hospital so i went downstairs because i was alone and i just i just felt like I needed to be around people so I went downstairs to the front the lobby of the condo and um, said to the front desk man call an ambulance hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me but I'm having serious problems right now and he called and a couple minutes later the ambulance came and um, and they took me to the hospital and uh, maybe four or five hours later like like I was I was calm. I was still experiencing symptoms, but like some of the like the intense, the intense and um, sudden symptoms were gone. I theorized that I was having mini strokes mm. at the time, but nobody knows for sure. Nobody can tell me for sure. But anyways, um, so they released me like after five or six hours, and uh, they said you just you have anxiety and mi- uh, migraines, so. They gave me Ativan and like migraine medicine and was just like, go home and sleep and whatever. You'll be fine in a couple days. So I went home and like, that was at maybe four or five o'clock in the afternoon Saturday. Um, and at sun, like Sunday, early, early morning, like midnight, 3 a.m. probably around that, that bracket of time. Like I woke up with an insane headache and vomiting, like, like vomiting, 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 um, and then a couple hours later, I was still vomiting, but um, Neil, my husband, had gone out to Shoppers Drug Mart to 
get the prescriptions filled and also to get some Gatorade because he knew I was, I was vomiting. And he, he said, I want to take you to the hospital. I was like, no, I don't want to go to ba- go back to the hospital because I know what the hospital is. Like, they'll just sit you there. It'll take too long. And, um, and they'll just send me home again, mm. you know? Um, so I, I was, I put up a big fight. Um, and then a couple hours later, I was still vomiting, but I was vomiting on myself because I didn't, I didn't know I was vomiting on myself, but Neil, Neil saw it and was just like, you can't get up. Like, um, I wasn't myself in the moment. Like I was sort of disturbed, um, or not disturbed. I was just not there. And then he called 911 because he was just like, this is weird. Like something is wrong. And then he called 911. And I remember, um, the hospital, the ambulance, like, they came up to my apartment and they put me in the stretcher and they said, can you spell your first and last name and can you tell me your address? And I remember doing all of that and then I don't remember anything for 12 hours. Yeah. So I didn't even, I don't even remember going to the hospital. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And then what did they discover happened essentially? I mean, we know it's a stroke, but you know. Yeah. Both of my inner carotid arteries dissected which means sort of means tore Mm. and um blood clots were formed because the the of the dissections and several of blood clots released um and went to my brain and caused the stroke and they don't know they know how it happened like that those are the steps that happened but they don't know why Mm. still to this day like two and a half years later this is an uh, uncommon Thing. They say it like it's not uncommon when you talk to a stroke doctor who deals with young strokes all the time. Mm. He's like, oh, I see this every day, but like it is uncommon, and um, and spontaneous dissection is a thing. So it could be that my my carotid arteries just spontaneously dissected because I wasn't in a car accident. I didn't have any trauma right before, you know. Mm. So. So it's a mystery still. Yeah, a it will. It's a mystery and maybe forever. Um, I, I, I had a genetics test done last year, and that could prove some insight. But um, yeah, and I think the results are ready now. So mm. I just have to go back to Toronto to get them. And so that's that's the the trauma that happened. But then there's the long recovery that yeah. happened. But obviously, being not I. As old as perhaps people that usually have strong. Yeah. Uh, your recovery, <clears throat> how did you find with the recovery? Yeah, my recovery, like, um, I feel like it was in stages. Like, um, my my family and, like, my family and my close friends were there right at the beginning, and they were scared because they could see, like, I wasn't reacting to anything. I wasn't speaking. I wasn't moving. I wasn't even turning my head for at least a week. And then, so I, I was considered to be locked in because they couldn't communicate with me at all. Like, blink your eyes. They would say that every day. Blink your eyes for yes. Um, and I wouldn't re- react. But I could understand and hear everything that they were saying. Um, so, uh, but then a week later, about, I would, I, like, I think my mom was being, like, fussy, fussy, like a mom is. And I just, like, somehow, like, I think she was just, she struck a funny bone in me and I, I laughed hysterically and everybody laughed in the room. Like, like I had visitors all the time, like my, like close friends and family, but they were there all the time. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, 
but I I just laughed and couldn't stop laughing. So then they knew that I was like that I was in there, you know. And yeah. before that time, they didn't even know if I was in there, you know. They didn't know if my right. memory was gone, if my if my cognitive like function was intact. But that was my memory was never never gone and my wow. my I understood everything um so anyways like after that I smiled and and then about two and a half weeks later I spoke my first words and then I I spoke and it was quiet and was stunted and like was like very slow but after like each step like sort of I don't know sort of inspired me to do the next step and I never I never even considered that I wouldn't fully recover mm. like I never even had that thought you know I think because I just knew I wanted to get back to my life so badly that I was just like no like yeah 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 it's amazing and uh the recovery process you said I guess all in all kind of two years to yeah. kind of get to where you I are I feel like at the two-year mark, I said to my husband, I feel like I never had a stroke. So that, to me, says, like, okay, you're back. Isn't you know? that remarkable, though? Aren't people yeah, amazed I, by that? Yeah, and I forget sometimes that I had a stroke. Like, when I'm directing this, like, yeah. when I'm giving notes, like, I forget that I've had a stroke, you know? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, the, there was... Every step was hard the first time. So standing the first time, sitting on the edge of the bed the first time, like that was hard. Like I was, I sat on the edge of the bed for five minutes because they made me sit, sit up for five minutes. And then I was like, fuck, man, I, I, I'm tired. I have to go to sleep. Mm. I, so I took a nap, like a two hour nap after that in the hospital. And every, every step of the way, they got me to standing the next day. They got me to standing and walking five steps the next day. So every single thing the first time was really difficult. But after the first time, my I think muscle memory kicks in and your brain just remembers mm -hmm. and then you then you do it, you know? It was little things like like brushing your teeth, I would forget the steps. Like I would be brushing my teeth but I wouldn't have turned on the water, you know? Right. So right. things like that. And I know it took a while for your speech too to get yeah, to a place. My where... speech because my 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 speech center was the most heavily affected. Right. If you look at the MRI, I was like, oh, my God, there's a giant dark spot at where my speech center is. Mm -hmm. um, so my speech took the longest, and it was in st steps as well. Like, I was talking, like, able to communicate after two and a half weeks, but, like, slow and labored, and, like, there was no nuance. There was no conversational skills. There was no um, humor. Um, and then a year later, yeah, I directed my first show a year later, and like I would stutter a lot. I I would I would lose my train of thought, and then still to to this day, like sometimes I pronounce words very weirdly, hmm. but that's because of the speech center. Yeah. Uh, and were were you aware though at the time yes. that like you could you could think beyond your speech? Like you, like what you wanted yes, to say. Yes, yeah. I could. And like the 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 one thing that I say is like a year and a half later, I was choreographing once at the Citadel mm -hmm. in Edmonton, and um, nobody knew I had a stroke. Like the director and the artistic director had known I had a stroke, and like maybe one cast member. But I didn't think I needed to advertise it, and I I didn't like I wasn't it wasn't a secret. But I wasn't going to say hi everybody. But I've had a stroke. 
because I, I, it, it wasn't necessary. So, um, and that was the first time I felt like I didn't have an assistant on that job because it's basic choreo, um, or movement rather. Um, and I didn't think I needed one. And I really, I feel like I grew through that contract to the point where I was able to execute humor again. Like, like I knew, like my, my awareness was there that I wanted to be funny before that. Mm. And, um, I would, I would have the joke lined up in my head or whatever, like the comeback or whatever, but like, then it would get jumbled when I actually executed it. So I'd be like, yeah. And like, anybody who was around like my friends or like my cast or whoever were all like very gracious and kind and being like yeah we know what you meant to say and that was funny but like the execution wasn't funny but we're stand-up comic yeah yeah by the time I got to once I feel like at the end of that show I was just like I got my sense of humor back and that is a really good thing you know yeah such a personality yeah yeah so yeah like are you worried about being defined by this event? Yeah, I was. And I do not want that. Like, yeah. I, it's part of me, and I'm, it's not a secret, and I, I'm not trying to make it something that is the only thing I am. Um, but I'm, but I just... I, I think it's a big part of me that I, that I absolutely talk about. Um, and I'm... But I'm not afraid. I, I feel like... My work also speaks for itself, and I feel like I'm a good director, choreographer, and and people know me for that more than they know me for the stroke. The yeah. good director, choreographer who had a stroke is fine. I guess that's the yeah, way it's you'd fine want for it. me. Yeah, 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 that's great. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Newsies since we're here. So we're yeah. uh, uh, we're close to opening. We open on July 10th. Yeah. So coming up fast uh we have a run tonight um and we're in beautiful stanley park and malcolm bowl it's a gray day but it's um we're getting ready to do the run tonight but it's not gonna rain tonight it will not rain ever again yeah. for the summer yeah because it'll just rain on we me. do have a rain plan but we, we do. don't want to use it we never want to use that yeah but it'll be great um tell me a little bit about the process uh for this f- for you you obviously said you love the movie the 92 yep. movie um did were you approached about doing the project? Did you reach okay. out about it? Um, I was supposed to direct and choreograph Newsies two years ago, summer of twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. in upstate New York at a, a small summer stuck theater, and um, I had dinner with Shell Piercy a couple months before that, and I told him that, and I was like, I'm just like of all the projects that I'm doing this summer. I'm most excited about this one because I just love the show so much. And, uh, yeah, and after that, um, so time went by, and, I, yes, I didn't get to direct that show because I had the stroke a couple months before, and I had to let go of my entire summer of work. Summer of work. Um, so, so I was, I think I thought to myself, I will direct the show sometime. You know, and then a uh, couple years later, like like January of 2018, January of 2018. So a year and a half before I actually worked on this project, um, 
I got a call or an email from Shell. Uh, we've got the rights for Newsies, and we want you to direct and choreograph it. And I was like, holy shit, my dream is coming true. And I was just like, yeah, I definitely want to do this, you know? So it was that sim- It was that Great. straightforward, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about this production. Oh, my God. I just love the show. I love this cast so much. Like, um, doing semi-professional theater, like, you sometimes get people who are in it to have fun more than they're in it to actually do excellent work. Mm-hmm. Um, but this show, I think, brought out a whole slew of people that were really passionate about this show. Um, and we cast most of those people. I think mm-hmm. everybody in the show is committed to um, doing their best work. And, um, yeah, yeah, committed to the story like committed to everything committed to the process you know they've been a dream to work with every single person you know mm-hmm. yeah uh well we all know this the story too we, you, you, i'm sure we've all heard enough of it people ask where are you going to find the boys where are you going to yes you know I, we yeah we, I, I heard we sort of made that before. like <laughs> sort of a joking thing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean full disclosure we have girls that are, are playing yeah. boys in the show and but like um, I feel like the most important thing for me was mm-hmm. having the grounded athletic dancer to play a news newsie right and yes. I didn't care if we cast girls to play the grounded athletic dancer or boys I just wanted that quality of dancer yes. you know and we have lots of boys yeah. And, yeah. And, and they're all great mostly boys mostly boys and um it is an, a, a wonderful mix of people, and we I, f- I feel with this show we have a really great balance of yeah. singers and dancers. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's a tricky show that way. Yeah. It's so athletic. I mean, having seen it on Broadway and seeing it, I was like, I don't know how yeah. they have the energy to do this every yeah. show. But we really found a very special But, career. yeah, we did because, like, they bring the energy. Every, every run yeah. that we've had, I'm just like, I haven't ever had to say, like, I need 100% energy from you guys, you know? Yeah, I felt that even in yeah. rehearsals yeah. also. Yeah. Like, every time I was like, just mark this part, like, they were all doing it full out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And to their detriment. Yeah, exactly. You can mark, mark <laughs> this because we're doing it eight times in a row, you know? That's right. This is, figure this this is this just out. for transition. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and uh, how's... You've been working with Lindsay Britton. It's helped out with... Yes. Uh, she has been a real, real giant help. Like, right. I, I worked with her... The, like, I've worked with her... Uh, 2014, we met when I we cast her in Shrek okay. and then she did Crazy For You after that mm-hmm. with us as a performer and then she reached out and was like I want to assist you on something and I think I was about to do 40 Seconds Read at Studio and she said can I assist on that and I was like I need somebody full time um, so you can't have any other conflicts because I work I like I expect a lot from my assistants and um, I rely on them a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so if 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 we're gonna do this, like I need you to know the commitment level, you know. Yeah. And she was like, "I'm perfectly fine. Yes, I will do it." And she was she exceeded my expectations. I knew she would be great, but she was so proactive about everything. She was ahead of me all the time. Like like I would be like, "Can you give that note? I've already done. I've already done it." She would say, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Okay, this is a this is a find. She's a find, you know." Good. Great. Yeah. So, like, I obviously wanted her on this project. And she assistant directed and choreographed. Yeah, yeah. Assistant choreographed it, too. Um, and we got a great team of, of people that, that are working on the show. 
Um, and for me, just personally, musically, uh, it's always tricky at Tuts because there's such a open air concept. So yep, as you can yep. hear the open air uh, right now, um, it, it sounds good. And this is a great show for music also. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like the songs are so epic. Like everyone is anthemic, you know? Yeah. And there's so much storytelling and yeah, just so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great score to work on too. They just did a good job of when they give you the books. Yeah. They hand those things over. They're just well put together. Yeah, and and we have the exact amount, so you didn't have to exact amount of, of musicians, so yeah. you didn't have to. Uh, what's it called? There's a cut or yeah, yeah, yeah. We're paring down the orchestra, so that was really great. Yeah. Um, what do you do when you're not doing theater? What What's your sort of oh my god. Times? What, when am I not doing theater? Yes. Um, I actually, like, my husband and I really like the outdoors. So we will hike. We will kayak. Um, we canoed yesterday because there was no kayaks available. So we went on a canoe. Good. We go swimming. Like, we like the out- outdoors a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's nice when you're out here. You get yeah. to yeah. do some of that. Yeah. And when you're in Toronto, are you living in Toronto proper? Uh, I think it's considered Toronto proper, but yeah. like it's also like a the neighborhood is called Mimico, so it's west of Toronto mm-hmm. a little bit, like just twenty minutes outside of the city, but you can see the city and like it's twenty minutes to get there. Um, how's your Australian accent? Oh my god! <laughs> do you want me? <laughs> good dive, good dive. No, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. Julie has a. <clears throat> She tries to do Australian yeah. accents for yeah. years. It goes Australian. It's a terrible accent. Good die, mate. <laughs> for sure not. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll get some people to send in some some examples. Yeah. Do that. But yeah. you like the Australian accent? Yeah. Or you just, yeah. There's something about it. Like I have a really good friend, Jennifer Thiessen, um, <laughs> who is from Australia, and um, yeah, she 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 has an amazing accent, and I'm just like, can you teach me how to do that? But but. Um, I'm not good with any accent, actually. Well, it's nice to I'm try. I'm German, I think I can do. There you go. That's good. That's that's an excellent Yeah. Uh, what's coming up next for you? Oh, next I have three weeks off in Toronto where I'm going to do nothing. Great. But hang out with my husband, go outdoor activities and things like that. And then I do choreograph the high school project at the Grand Theatre in London, Ontario, which is Titanic this year. Oh. And then... I choreograph Shout, the musical, which is in Thunder Bay at Magnus Theatre. And then I come back and do Pollyanna, the workshop, as a choreographer, directed by Robert McQueen, cool. who I'm very excited to work with for the first time. Oh, great. Yeah. And that'll be in Toronto? Yes. Uh, uh, the production is later in 2020 mm. in the- at Theatre Aquarius, which is in Hamilton, Ontario. But the workshop is in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Great. Um, that's exciting. A new yeah. work. Yeah. And uh, do you like working on new works? Yeah, I haven't really had a lot of opportunities to do it, but I really like, I want to do more mm. for sure. And I love new musicals. Like, I love watching new musicals. Like, new, yeah, Canadian music, CMTP, which is a program at Sheridan, mm-hmm. does four musicals a year, four workshops workshops of musicals a year um uh and i always like watching them because it's just the seed this it's the nugget and like it could become so so much bigger and like i just like watching things at the ground level yeah you know i saw life after at the fringe festival and then i saw 
like Robert McQueen directed that like a couple years ago. And then I saw the full production, which was done, I don't know, maybe a year ago um, at uh, Canadian Stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was just such a giant difference, obviously, because um, the the musical stage production, which was uh, at the Canadian Stage, had a bigger budget. And so but like just the seeing the work and how much it grew in mm-hmm. that time. Like, I just really, really loved that. And I, I really was like, ah, oh, I want to work on something like this, you know? That's cool. Yeah. And it's nice to know that Canadian works are, yeah. are, are getting produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going somewhere. You also worked on here, From Here to Eternity. Yes, too, right? I did. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was the associate director choreographer on that. Um, and I was in the room with, uh, with Tim Rice and his son, Donald Rice, who was the book writer, and Stuart Brayson, who was the music writer. And Brett Smock, who's the director choreographer, choreographer. and uh, yeah, I was in the writing room a lot with them, or the editing room, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Um, but like, I was, I, I, I understand hierarchy and like so many opinions in that room, and I was one of the people who most of the time kept my mouth shut and just observed the process. And only when I had a really, really valid opinion about something that I felt like could not go without being heard, mm-hmm. I would speak up. Did you enjoy that process? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That yeah. Experience? Yeah. It was tough because it was, we were putting that show up a giant epic musical in 12 days. Oh. So, and it was working in three rooms all the time. So like Brett was usually doing the, like doing the scene work. Uh, Corinne, the music director was doing all music and like me and Robin, my, her, Brett Smock's other associate were setting the choreography, which we had already prepared in pre-production. Right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's amazing. So it was, it was a lot. Um, what are you the most proud of oh, so far? Uh, I could say like, um, performing wise, becoming a rock hat for sure, mm-hmm. because it was a goal that not a, not a, like a, not a goal from the time I was little, but like a sort of like to make it in New York was the goal and I feel like I did that mm-hmm. um, and then uh, actually the choreo- choreographing Crazy For You the first time at Gateway Theater mm-hmm. I was really proud of that work mm-hmm. um, and then recovering from the stroke you know yeah yeah well those are big things yeah yeah um, and also yes like sorry to cut you off no. but also like now um I have mentored a couple people and like every single time like they they hit another milestone I'm just like so freaking proud of them you know almost as proud as if they were my children yeah, yeah. giving back yeah it's nice yeah in the community it's all you can really do I guess yeah yeah pay it forward you know? yeah um how you I'm sure people would love to listen to any sort of advice that you have is there somebody is it worth getting to New York is it is it the dream what what do you feel about actors or performers I feel like you can do good work anywhere and like New York is not the pinnacle of all good work there's bad work in New York to, as well um, there's bad work everywhere I feel like if you want to work be a working actor and you don't want to do anything else you have to move to New York or maybe Toronto to do that uh, exclusively 
But if you just want to be an artist, I say just, but if you want to be an artist, you can you can do that any, anywhere. You can be an artist in Calgary. Yeah. You know? Are you are you enjoying directing? Yes, I am. Is that something you'd like to move yeah, more I hope towards? Yeah, I hope to do more of it. Um, it's a lot more work being a director choreographer um, because there's just so much more that you have to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I would love to direct more. Uh, straight plays? Maybe one day. Like, yeah. if, if the play really speaks to me and if I have some a vision or something that, um, that I can bring to it, Mm-hmm. But whenever I'm directing, whenever I say yes to a direct, directing project, which I've said no to a lot, or not not a lot, like you make it sound like a, a directing projects are coming at me at 100 miles an hour, but like I've said no to a couple things, and it's because I I don't connect with the script or I feel like I don't have a clear vision vision of what I would do, and like I I think I would do a disservice to the project. Right, right. So I say, uh, turn it down by saying. I don't think I'm the right person for this job, you know? But, yeah, I would love to direct more. And, like, straight yeah. plays, musicals, operas, sure. like, I don't know. Like, I, I always want to learn and grow and learn and grow and learn and grow. And it's a nice business because you don't have to be, like, what do you do when you can't dance anymore? Yeah. As they say in chorus line. Yeah. Do you know, like, it's good to be able to direct. And, yeah, exactly. Know. Like, I feel like eventually... I won't want to choreograph everything that I direct. Um, and hopefully I will be able to handle that, you know? I don't know yet because yeah. I've never done it. But I, all, but I have gotten my associate to choreograph one number. Um, I directed On the Town mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah. Directed and choreographed. And I just said to my associate, like, do you want one number? Here's the one. Um, and she did a really good job. And I also, like, I wanted to do it not only to give her the chance, but also for me to learn how to sort of speak to the choreographer. Like, and how to give notes to and respect the work that she was doing while also, like, not, like, letting go of my ego and letting go of, like, my control over everything, everything in the show. Mm -hmm. Um... So I wanted to practice that, like a small, small version of that. That's very smart. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to micromanage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have been doing it Yeah, all. exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And um, for, for anyone that's interested in getting into choreography or um, into direction, do you have any advice for, for younger people? Yeah, I do. Um, I would say reach out to as many uh, choreographers that you admire, mm. um, and uh, offer to assist them. You will probably be doing it for free uh, for the first couple times at least. Um, but you'll gain a lot of insight and like experience. And hopefully the, the, that person will be a mentor to you at least for the five weeks or whatever, three weeks of rehearsal. Or, um, and you'll learn what, it's, what the process is like, what like everything like that and then just like you have to put yourself out there you have to say like I want to choreograph um I always found like I was secretive about my goals at first but that doesn't work because nobody knows what you want to do then so you have to like you don't have to be like I want to choreograph a Broadway show or whatever you don't have to announce that on Facebook say Mm -hmm. but you do 
have to talk to people and tell them what your goals are, tell them what you aspire to be and, um, and talk about yourself with confidence, you know? And directing is the same thing, like reach out to directors and blah, blah, blah. Um, are there any shows that you would, that you'd like to do? Oh my God. Yeah. I know that's a huge list. So many. But is there anything that you're always like, yes, that's the top of the list? Uh, I feel like I really want to choreograph West Side Story one day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to direct it. Um, I really want to choreograph Billy Elliot one day. Mm. Um, I really want to direct Hair again. I directed it this year. I loved it. I was scared of it at first. And I really loved it. And I just think there's so much more that I could do with it. Cool. Even though I was really proud of the production, I just feel like there's so much. Like It's a, such a dense subject matter and dense script. Um, and Chicago, I would love to direct because I have a really cool concept that I won't, won't tell you about. I'll tell you about <laughs> it off the air. Yeah, totally. um, just give it away for free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Well, those are yeah. amazing pieces. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Uh, today, I'm sure people would love to hear all these yeah. uh, stories, and and you know that's and obviously your recovery. And um, but uh, if you get a chance, of course, people there may be a little contest to get a couple of tickets Ooh. in this, and I'll add that a little bit later. But um, come check out uh, Newsies, and it's going to run um, starting July 10th. Uh, all the way till August 23rd, I believe. Uh, and down at Malkin Bowl at Stanley Park and uh, Theatre Under the Stars. Um, thank you, Julie. Thank you. It was awesome. <laughs>